This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the Scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now for today's broadcast. Well, welcome to Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. It's good to be back with you. I am Curtis Carr, your host, here with my two co-hosts, Joseph Cheatham and Dustin Hughes. Hey, Curtis. How you guys hey, doing? Hey, Curtis. How's it going? Hey, Joseph. Hey, Dustin. Well, I, I tell you, I'm excited about today's broadcast. I'm, I'm glad that uh, our, you, our listening audience, are with us, and we think it's an honor that you would join us. Um, but we want to jump into uh, the Lord's Prayer today. You know, as uh, the Greenville House of Prayer and this broadcast table talk where we set the table for Christian conversations that one of the things we want to do is promote prayer, we thought it would be good to take um, a series of these episodes. We don't know how long this is going to be because there's a lot of uh, depth and, and richness to, to the passage we're going to look at, but we thought it would be important to examine the Lord's Prayer, to examine mm. the prayer uh, that Jesus gave when he taught his disciples how to pray. You know, in Luke 11, his disciples come to him and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is one of the only things that they asked him specifically to teach them to do, which I think is profound. Like they saw his ministry, they saw the power, they saw the miracles, they saw the signs and wonders. You know, they didn't go ask, Lord, teach us how to, you did that cool thing with multiplying the loaves and the fishes. They, they saw that the fruit of his life and ministry was connected to his prayer life. And so they go to him and say, teach us to pray. And then this is how he responds whenever he's asked to teach them to pray. I might have and said, not, Lord, you know, teach me to walk on the water. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> that's a good one, too. And not only that, they asked it. This is one of the few times I feel like in Scripture where they asked him a direct question, and he gave them a direct answer. I, I'm pretty right. I'm pretty simple-minded. So I love in Scripture when it says, how do you do this? And then Jesus says, this is how you do this. I think you should listen to those times, right? Yeah, and he doesn't always respond that way. No, he doesn't. Sometimes he, he rebukes or asks another question or... He answers know, a question with a question a, a lot of the time, exactly. But here, he's pretty plain. So I think this is pretty important, you know, on the on the hierarchy of Jesus's teaching. And, and you know, we've talked about in previous episodes that, that his primary uh, emphasis when he went and turned over the tables for the church, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. This mm-hmm. was like the primary identity that he wants for his church. And he teaches us to pray this way. And so there's a lot in here that we need to learn and we need to really get in order to thrive in our prayer life. We're all called to have a vibrant prayer life. Each one of us and the church collective as a whole, we're called to be a place of prayer. And we have to get some of these revelations that we're going to talk about in order to grow in the place of prayer and be uh, vibrant and successful in the place of prayer. That's right. And Curtis, one thing that's pretty encouraging to me is, you know, uh, Jesus is giving this great teaching on prayer. You know, as you said, as I guess the scripture set it up, the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus doesn't respond with a 30 minute sermon. You know, he gives us six or seven verses, you know, it's, it's short. Yeah. Well, you know, and, in Matthew six, when he talks about the Lord's prayer right before that, he actually says, do not be like the pagans who ramble on and on with needless words. So you're right. He yeah, does. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, he, he's putting that emphasis on there as well. So yeah, don't bear, pray to be seen. You know, this exactly. is how you pray. And here's the, I mean, what a, what a glorious reality that we can be taught how to pray by the greatest intercessor who's ever lived, Amen. you know, the person who had the greatest prayer life. He only, 
he only did what he saw and heard the father doing and saying and he's going to say here here's how you do this here's how you pray here's how you enter into this relationship with god and he uses you know whatever it is six verses <laughs> to do that exactly and and you know, it should be encouraging yeah, yeah. and <laughs> also we i want to kind of pull back some of the you know the religious mindset around this passage because most people probably know the lord's prayer and you know, yeah i know that i'm gonna check that off yeah i've got it i recite it you know and that's kind of, you know me growing up we'd say it before and after football games and it was just something that we do wrote i thought memory. it was a thing you uh repeated after your coach before he ran out of the locker room you know <laughs> yeah. is that not what the lord's prayer is yeah yeah exactly. and so so don't view it as just print on a page or just words that the this is spiritual substance these yes. are re, this is reality and we hope to in, unpack some of this to encourage you uh to to press into these truths that, that god is is real he's there and these are things that jesus uh gave us you know as his disciples says you carry words that have eternal life you mm-hmm. you have life and, and power on your words and we can if we take hold of these by faith and lean into them by faith they can transform our lives well and and as you study piece by piece it's not uh i mean the words are wonderful and great but the words serve as a guide for what should be the direction of your prayer life it kind of sets the uh your posture and your attitude and uh really kind of sequentially taking you through as we'll go through um your posture and the words before the lord so it it's not necessarily a Ritualistic. I need to say these exact yeah, you don't have words to say these every exact time. Words, no. right, yeah. But but it should be able to kind of set your heart in a place to know. Like I said, here needs to be my attitude, my heart. Um, you know, and we're not. You know, we're going to begin in a few minutes with our Father. Well, that that's the beginning of your posture in your prayer life is addressing God. Right. That's how you yeah. begin your prayer life is addressing Him as Father. Yeah, He's given a framework for yeah, framework. You know, what God is like and how the kingdom operates. And a guide to how we're to pursue, you know, this life in in God and through prayer. And it's basically they're they're all of these themes are constant through Scripture. They're yes. ba- they're scriptural basics that we're to get. It's like he condenses, you know, the the oh. the story of God relationship with man into this short teaching. He says, here's how you you pray. Here's how you enter into this. But these themes are constant throughout Scripture, and we'll unpack and bounce around and see where yeah. the Lord leads. And so that. it's a short six, seven verses, I get, which can be found in Matthew chapter uh, six, yeah. and then Luke chapter eleven, eleven, exactly. 11 yeah. um, in both those places. So very short, however, very um, impactful, and mm-hmm. um, and can be applied in many ways and in many circumstances uh, for many people. Yeah. And by the way, uh, we spoke kind of lightly about it before. Praise the Lord that in locker rooms and schools yeah. and places like they know the Lord's Prayer because then it could be something sealed on their heart as the Lord begins to in, in due time. No, that's kind that of that was part my of your story. story. Yeah. yeah, that's your yeah, story. I'd pray yeah. that thing and you know didn't have the first thing. What I mean, I maybe thought I did at the time, but when I really encountered the Lord or He really encountered me, it's like man, this thing comes alive. You exactly. know, and so yeah, I teach my daughters how to pray the Lord's Prayer. We pray that and I want them memorizing it. I want it's good to memorize this passage. Yeah. We're not saying it's not. But let the Holy Spirit breathe on it and really meditate and think about each portion of this and, and let the Lord unpack it because each each phrase is eternally deep. Amen. And there's so much revelation there. And it will transform our hearts as we as we give ourselves to it. 
so yeah, so you know the Lord's Prayer, He's responding to uh, the question, or, or you know, in Luke eleven, He's asked. Luke shows How that He was asked pray. specifically, and Matthew, He's going through the Sermon on the Mount, which is His greatest teaching. You know, that that's it's the most read letters in a short portion of Scripture, um, the Constitution of His Kingdom, and so He's laying this thing out, and uh, there He's asked, Lord, teach us to pray, and He says, "In this manner, therefore, pray." Hmm. So when you're going to pray, this is the way you're going to pray. You should pray according to Jesus, you know, in this manner. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're just going to stop there for this episode. That's all we'll probably cover just maybe the first half of that in this episode. We don't know. But our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so first and foremost, Jesus focuses in our prayer life. He focuses on uh, God's identity. Yeah, who God is, and that is the most important aspect that we have to get solidified in our hearts and our minds in order to grow with, in prayer. That's the foundational reality. As I think it was A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about a person is what they believe about God or what they think mm-hmm. about in their mind when when God is brought up, and that's the most important thing about us is who is God. And if we don't have a right understanding of who God is, we won't pray correctly. Right? If we think God is angry and mad at us, are we going to approach him and come near to him? Or if we think that God is, is stingy and distant, are we really going to pray? And Jesus says, this is what you need to first get a, be aware of, that God is our Father. So we can just let's just unpack that for a minute. First, we were talking about this before we jumped on, which I think is important, that Jesus, not only he said it's, it, he didn't say it's my Father, Mm-hmm. He said it's our Father. So he's inviting his disciples. He's inviting us, followers of him, into his relationship with the Father in heaven. And how glorious is that reality that we have been brought into family with Jesus and with the Godhead, and we can live from that place and walk and, and breathe from that place. I mean, how glorious is that i think it's amazing curtis and you know i've often thought of this uh beginning of the prayer when he says our father i think of our as in well maybe you dustin and curtis and i you know we we are the hour uh when or you know when when we pray to our father but the idea that jesus is the one saying our father really means that he is saying Curtis, Dustin, Joseph, you're my brother, yeah, in, in a sense, and and how I relate to the Father. He's mm-hmm. inviting us into brotherhood with Him, yes, and um, and also sonship with the Father. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I mean, there's uh, I can't re- recall it right now, but we're called heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. With Jesus, yeah. So like we are almost. And it sounds blasphemous almost, but it's not. It's scripture. It's truth. And we got to understand our our place and our identity. And it only comes from understanding who God is first. Uh, But we need to understand who we are, that we can be joint heirs with Jesus. He's bringing us into the brotherhood, into the family of God. And he's saying, you've got to get this right. You've got to understand that you're a part of the family of God, and God is your heavenly Father. And if you don't get that right, you're not going to thrive in your prayer life, and you're not going to advance. So mm-hmm. let's get that started. Yeah, because the, the the prayer 
And your prayer life begins the, with the posture that you take and, and the manner of which you address God the Father. God. And so if you're addressing him uh, in the wrong manner, it can, not, it can set the precedence for what you want to do for the rest of the you know, aspects of your prayer life. Yeah, and if we understand him as a perfect father, yeah, would we not want to come near to him? You know, would we not want to draw near to him or boldly approach the throne of grace as we're called to approach his throne? Uh, if we know that he's an, an intimate father and he's a perfect father and he's willing and ready to hear his children. You know, I'm reminded of the prodigal son story of, I think that's the most perfect representation of the father heart of God in that story that Jesus tells. Uh, it's in Luke, was it Luke 15, I think? Um, but you know, we all know that story, but if we really think about that story, that there's this son who wants his inheritance ahead of time, and he's like, I don't care about living with you anymore, Dad, or working in the family business, give me my inheritance, and he goes and squanders it, you know, wastes it on uh, you know, prostitutes and drinking or whatever else he was doing, and then he's broken, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to go back and maybe Dad will let me be a servant in the house. Yeah. But he says that whenever he's going back home, that his father was looking for him. He said he saw him from afar off. So God is a God who's looking, and he's a father who's looking, and he's he's searching for his prodigals to come home. You know, And then when he comes home, he runs out to meet him. <laughs> you know? And so he's a God who, a father who is ready to run after his children. You know, And if we take one step toward him, he'll take you know, 99 toward us. He'll meet us in that place. Um, and then not only that, he doesn't condemn his son, but he wraps his arm around him. He embraces him. He puts a robe on his back and a ring on his finger. He throws a party for him and brings him back into the family. Like, that's the father heart of God. And do we really see God as the one who looks at us and sees us, the one who runs toward us whenever we take a step towards him, whenever we take a step towards home in repentance? Do we see him as the one who doesn't just condemn us for our sins, but wraps his arms around us and embraces us and celebrates the fact that we came home and puts the robe on our back and a ring on our finger? Like this is, Jesus says, look, your, your God is a father. Approach him as this father mm-hmm. and enter into that. And, and this, I think we were talking about a little bit earlier. This was, you know, a profound paradigm for the, the audience that he was speaking to at the time. You know, he knew that, uh, I mean, there was there's some scriptures in the Old Testament that reference God as fa- Father and talking to God as Father, but it's not near as emphasized as Jesus is emphasizing in this prayer. Or just generally in the New Testament, there's much more emphasis on God being our Father than maybe we saw or we see in the Hebrew scriptures. Um, so, yeah. The... the address the beginning of there of our father who art in heaven i i was saying before before we came on air today it both emphasizes both the uh intimacy as well as the authority of the father it addresses both of those aspects mm-hmm. i mean uh, i have a i'm a father i'm a dad i have four children um my kids call me father uh the other week uh literally uh all four of my kids ranging in ages from five to thirteen um had 
bad dreams at night and different things and different issues and things like that. So I had my wife and I and all four of our kids laid up in bed with us sleeping with, you know why they were able to do that? Because I am their father yeah. and there's intimacy there. Yeah. Uh, Curtis and Joseph, you guys are not allowed and not invited to come <laughs> sleep in my bed because, because you know, they're yeah. not my sons. I'm not your father. Right. Come so on. there, there is intimacy of which my kids can address me. They can enter into my room and to my home and, the prayer begins with that same intimate address of the God, the creator, that God, the father, we can intimately have access to him because of what Jesus did. And we can go and crawl in his lap and like things like that. But at the same time, and I love how scripture holds things in this beautiful balance. At the same time, the term our father also carries authority with it because it says our father who art in heaven. In other words, father in heaven. Yeah. The, the the one who spoke and things came into being, the one who set the stars in the sky. So there's an honor and a respect to that. My uh, at, at the time of this recording, my dad is 66 years old today. You better believe I still honor him as an authority. You know, a yeah. father isn't spoken as a flippant term. It is a term of authority as well. And so I think it helps us to think about as we come in our prayer lives that our posture needs to be one of, yes, we, have, we can boldly go before the throne because he's our Abba Father, but also he's our authority father as well. Yeah. And that's how we approach and that's our posture in prayer. That's that's good. And and the people of the time that his audience that he was talking about, they knew God as that transcendent authority and power and yes. glory. They you know, the God of Moses, the yes. God of of Sinai that you know rains down wasn't fire that away. from heaven. Not at all. But he's bringing another emphasis. He's saying, look, God is he's both powerful, transcendent other than but he's also personal and yes. kind and tender you know he's a he's a father but he's in heaven and he's full of glory uh you know and then he goes on hallowed be his name let your name be holy mm. but as i approach you as a father let me keep your name holy as well and we need yeah. to have both ends of the spectrum because you can see that there's you know there's there's ditches on both sides there's people who see god too much as you know, they're my homeboy, their buddy, but yeah, yeah, Jesus is my homeboy <laughs> kind of thing. That you know, they don't have the reverence and the awe and the and the fear of God. You know, the fear of God is a good thing, right? Uh, but we also, in the other end of the spectrum, there's people who fear him and think he's angry and they don't want to crawl up in his lap and go talk to him. They don't see him as as tender, as kind, as personal. And so we need both. Things. And Jesus says, first and foremost, when you pray, pray in this way. Get this revelation of him as both powerful and as a father and launch out from that place. And, yeah. I, and you know, there's another scripture here that I think really emphasizes the um, amazing reality that God is our father and we are his children here that I'd like to read real quick here. And in, in 1 John, um, the Apostle John emphasizes, he says, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Yeah. Hmm. So there's this, this emphasis here that, wow, it's really an incredible thing that we can even call God our Father. You know, we are His children. How great is, and it's a revelation of the Father's love. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And then he says with an exclamation point, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And so we can, and what Jesus is saying here, teaching us to pray, 
when we pray, we realize that we are his children. He is our father. He is the source of all creation. Um, just like a father is, the, the children wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the, the father. Mm-hmm. You know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And uh, we are brought into uh, his family as children. And, and I think that can be so encouraging to many of us um, who uh, maybe not, don't know how to pray. But if we have the security of knowing, okay, the God I'm praying to is a father, I think that can just open the prayer life of a man yeah. or a woman. It can open the prayer life of a brother or sister. Um, yeah, and so uh, we, we encourage you, to our listeners, to lean into that. Even now, ask God to reveal himself as your father, yeah, as a father. You know, in Romans 8, it says that we didn't receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with this revelation that you would cry out, Abba, Father, that you'd have that. And it says the Spirit bears witness to us, and it was the scripture I quoted earlier, that, uh, that we're children of God, and if children, then we're heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus. And then he goes on, if we indeed we can suffer be a with him. Brother, it's like we're brothers with the Son of God. Come on, It's yeah. really incredible. And, and we have his inheritance. Yeah. You know, you know in the resurrection, um, because we're his brother and we're co-heirs with him, we, you know, we're invited to sit on the throne with Jesus in Revelation, it's, it says. Yeah. So we have a great inheritance uh, in Christ. Yeah. Do you realize who you are, you know, yeah. in Jesus? Do so you just realize that, who we are? That revelation right there, we are, <laughs> we are children of God and we're co-heirs and, and, and um, like a brother to the Son of God. Come on. Uh, we could sit in that for a long time, but when we come to pray, we should remember that about our relationship with And, and with I want God. to read this real quick because this is who Jesus invites us to call Father. It says in Isaiah 66, 1, this is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, you, I mean, I think there's, I think it's just awesome. I think that's the best word I can think of. That yeah. There's, we get to call that person, that, you know, that God uh-huh. who spoke things into being, we get to, Jesus is inviting us to say, call him Father, call him Abba Father as well. Yeah, um, and and so I know for a lot, and maybe for a lot of, of uh, folks listening, uh, the idea of Father, when you hear the word Father, it's not the most positive connotation, and uh, maybe through personal circumstances, things yeah. you've gone through, and and so maybe it's hard for you to think about and to worship God as Father. And I under, I would understand that if if it's a a personal thing, uh, but Scripture tells us that He promises to be Father to the fatherless, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I just wanted to just share that, that, that our hope and our prayer is that, that you wouldn't get stumped at the beginning of the, the Lord's Prayer when it says our Father because you struggle with that. But you would see that Jesus inviting you into this beautiful, wonderful relationship to call the creator of the world Father. Yeah. There's something about that. Yeah. And here's yeah. another place, Dustin. Um, so a cra- some uh, Jesus' mother and brothers come looking for him. Yeah. And um there, Jesus is told, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. And he turns and asks them, he says, who are my mother and my brothers? And then he looked around at those seating, seated in a circle around him and said, 
Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So here's just another place where Jesus says, you are my family. Yeah. yeah. You know? Those of you who are, who are my disciples, you are my family. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that, it's, it's that our incredible. father, I mean, the our aspect of it mm-hmm. denotes that community, family. that family, that it's not just individualized, but that we're a part of a greater family and, you know, we have a father and we're to be, you know, praying for one another in that context and operating out of that context. Um, and, and I like what you said, Dustin, because there's a lot of people I think who may be struggling with that, like, man, my father was terrible. Or, yeah. you know, maybe you had a great father, uh, but we need to ask God to give us revelation on who he is as a father, and he'll do that. He can heal any wounds, mm-hmm. and he can um, he can speak to us in that place by the power of his spirit. And I want to, and, th- and that's what Paul prayed uh, in Ephesians 1. He prayed, Ephesians 1, verse 17, he, he says, um, he prays to the Father of glory. So the Father who, who you were saying, you know, earth is his footstool, mm-hmm. uh, this glorious God who created everything, who split the Red Sea and, and you know, hang, hung the stars. This Father of glory, he says, I pray that uh, he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling to be an heir of God, to be a part of the family of God. And that's what we're praying for ourselves, for you. You know, what are, that we would know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, that he has an inheritance in the saints. Uh, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power uh, and in which he worked in Christ. And so, so he's praying. He says, he brings out the Father. He says, I pray to the Father of glory that he give you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who he is. And that's our prayer for you today, our listeners, is that, that we would get a revelation uh, of the Father of glory and that we would know who he is, we would know the hope of his calling, and that would be the foundation for which we grow in the place of prayer. And as you know, an organization that wants to promote prayer and encourage and equip people in the place of prayer, we have to emphasize the Father heart of God mm-hmm. and the communal aspect of the body of Christ as we go after it, because Jesus emphasized it, emphasized it at, at the start. So Joe, you look like you might be going after something else. Are you, you good? Well, for the sake of time, we're going to continue with this. As you, as you can see, we only got in, you know, or as you can hear, we've only gotten the first three words. Uh, yeah. So we're we're going to pray, and then we'll jump back in. Join us for future episodes as we uh, as we press into the Lord's prayer and Jesus' teaching on this. So, uh, Joseph, you want to close us in prayer? I'd be glad to. Thank you, Curtis. Well, Father, we we come before you now and uh, pray, praying to you, uh, grateful for you, and amazed that we can be brought into your family just as the apostle john says how great is the love that you have for us that we should be called children of god and i pray for everyone listening to us i pray for the the church in greenville that we would grow in our identity as children of god as uh as brothers and, and a co-heir with the Son of God, and that we would realize your great love for us. 
And I pray that we would uh, share that love with one another as you build your church in our city. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. And uh, stay tuned for future episodes on the Lord's Prayer. We're excited to to jump into this topic and feel like the Lord's going to really touch our hearts with, with these truths. So until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.